Hi, this is Lori Short, and I'd like to welcome you to my brand new 10-minute podcast, and it's based on a new book that I have coming out on January 31st called Faith, Doubt, and God's Mysterious Timing. And the book is 30 Biblical Insights About the Way God Works. And so we're going to look at each of these insights once a week, and I hope it will provide some devotional insight for your life and particularly for your relationship with God. And maybe we would ask right off the bat, why biblical insights? Why did I go that direction? Well, the Bible is the best-selling book of all time by a long shot. Five billion copies as of 1995. And that's as far as the Guinness World Book of Records goes. Um, I'm sure there have been a lot more. But the Bible is compelling for so many reasons, not the least of which it was written by more people than one person and all of their experience about this same God. And it's the book that seems to transcend time. And so it's worth looking into. And what I hope that this podcast will do is show you the places in scripture that you might not have noticed that give us some big insights about our life. The Bible is so relevant to our life, but we don't always see that when we don't know how to read it. So this first episode, I'm going to look at the first insight in the book, which is more is happening than you can see. And who discovers that the most in scripture is Job, although pretty much everybody discovers that more is happening than you can see. But Job definitely gets a perspective shift in his book. And if you know anything about Job, you may have heard or you know because you've read the book that he is the one who suffered the most. His book is the book you go to when you suffer. And what we learn right off the bat is the reason that Job suffers is not because God caused it, but because Satan did particularly because Job was good. So he did not do anything to deserve suffering. All he did was be an exemplary person that Satan called out and said, well, I bet he would curse you when he's challenging God. I bet he would curse you if you took everything away. And so in a sense, God bets on Job and believes in Job. And I love that in this book because we can feel like God is for us. God is for Job. In spite of everything that happened to him, God was on Job's side, not on the circumstances side. And no matter what Satan did, Job still didn't curse God. But I will say that he spends a lot of time questioning God and crying out to God and screaming to the sky. And I love that personally because I have spent some time doing that in my life. I don't know about you, but there are times when I don't understand what God is doing. And what this book shows us is that it's okay and in fact right to speak out and be honest about the things that are happening to us. Job has some friends that you may have heard of, and in chapters 3 through 37, those friends have a lot to say to Job. At first, they come to comfort him, and so they start out pretty good, but then they start telling him all the reasons or the possible reasons that he could be suffering. So they're filled with a lot of answers, which isn't always what you need from friends when you're going through suffering. And maybe that's a word to us on how to be a friend to somebody who is suffering. But we know, because we know what happened in chapters one and two, that 
all of the reasons they say that Job is suffering are not right. Um, but Job is left crying out, and he's, he's already enduring so much, and now he has to endure his friends. But finally, in chapter 38, God speaks up. And the first thing that God says is, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? And then he says to Job, Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. So it's so interesting how God approaches Job, not with the answers about why he is suffering, but with bigger questions for Job to consider. And he starts out by saying things like, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Who put wisdom in the inward parts or gave understanding of the mind? And so all of a sudden, Job's suffering is put in a much bigger context as he is questioned by God, where was he when the world began? And who was it that even gave him the understanding to question his suffering? And so Job moves from wondering why he is suffering to how the earth is spinning and how he is even breathing. And all of a sudden, his life is put in context. And it doesn't answer why he is suffering. He never gets that answer. But somehow seeing his life in a bigger context is enough for Job to repent at the end of his book because he realizes he doesn't understand the meaning of his life. And I think that that's where we come to in our suffering. So often we don't get an answer to why we go through what we do. But as time passes, we do see more about why we go through the things we do. Maybe something you went through has had an impact on somebody else, or you've been able to comfort somebody because of some suffering you endured. There is no one that you want to go to more when you're going through something than someone who's been through that same thing too. And even though we would never choose suffering, I think that God uses it almost most powerfully in our life, both because of what we're able to give other people through our suffering and also what suffering does to us in terms of deepening our own compassion for others and our own understanding. And so the thing we would never want to go through is actually the thing that changes us the most. And that might be part of why God allows it. God doesn't cause our suffering. Sometimes we cause our own suffering. But in Job's case, what I love about this story is that he suffered not for anything he did, but because God was betting against Satan, and Satan was causing the suffering. So I think this book is so significant for so many reasons. But what's really interesting is at the end, it's actually Job's friends that God is angry with, not Job. And Job is the one that cries out against God all through the book. And Job's friends essentially defend God. Well, he's doing it because of this. He's doing it because of that. But what God says is, you have not spoken truth like my servant Job has. And he actually asks Job to pray for them. 
And so, you know, he ends up, here he is just battered at the end of the book, and he is the one that's exalted by God because he spoke the truth about what was happening. And I think that that is so wonderful that God allows us to cry out. And so whatever you're going through, he knows, and it's okay to be honest about it. But stick with God. That's what happens to so many people is that they just bail too early. And more is happening than you can see. And so often, and that's why I've called my book God's Mysterious Timing, it's so often time that shows us so much more about why we go through the things we go through. And so here at the end of the book, Job is restored, but he never regains his losses. Those losses stay with him. And our losses stay with us. The things that we have gone through, they don't go away. They become a part of us. But God works through those losses powerfully. So the main thrust of this book and what I want to leave you with today is how can you keep holding on to God? Maybe you're in the middle of the story. Maybe you're in the middle of suffering right now. And I would just encourage you, just keep holding on and asking your questions. And more and more revelation will come to you as you realize the context in which you, or why you suffered and how God is using that. And that's certainly what we can see through Job's life, because millions of people have been met through this book. And so... Job had no idea what his life would mean, and maybe we don't either. Thanks for tuning in.